So is this our Thanksgiving episode? It is. This is our Thanksgiving episode? It's actually the day after Thanksgiving, Ben. Have you? Uh, we just, uh, I'm sitting here in my sweater at a lovely Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. Thanksgiving was great for me. Oh, it's so much stuffing. So much stuffing. I'm stuffed. I'm stuffed like a turkey. Do you want to hear my turkey impression? Please. <laughs> Thanks for that. That's what the turkey sounds like. Turkey yeah. goes gobble gobble. We hope you guys are locked in your room, away what? from your family. Oh, to watch this. Do you have a bad Thanksgiving story? Do I have a bad Thanksgiving story? Yeah, like something something happened one time. No. Grandma Grandma slipped and fell, got pie in her face. Mm-mm. None. No, not really. Damn, I remember. Hmm. I'm just not. Hmm. I just remember getting drunk one time when I was, was I underage? I think I was. I think I was 20, and I kept going into the garage fridge to knock back beers. I had, I drank like four, and I was drunk, and it was great. But I I held it my own well because I always do. It was just the same, and just it was awesome. That was your bad Thanksgiving story. No, that was the best Thanksgiving of my life. <laughs> it peaked there, and then it just went downhill from there. People died. <laughs> but you asked me for... Oh, most of them were bad. No. It's just... Uh, I I mean, on the note of them being bad, I thought of that one being good. A good memory. Otherwise, the memories are pretty positive. One time my cousin bragged about buying a gun with like a lawsuit settlement that he just got. And I thought, cool, dude. Good use of that five grand you just got. I mean, five grand. What else are you going to do with I that? think it was 20, but he... Nice by put five grand toward a gun. By four guns. He could have. Maybe he did. <laughs> now that's real bragging. Yeah. You tell me you got one gun, I say, Bryce, shut up. David. David, shut up. Yeah. Talk to me when you got four guns. I think he bought two actually. Hell yes. Jesus Christ. David. <laughs> Monkey at the beat, man. Kramer, when I get done with you. Yeah. Are you ready? Fill me up, Arrow. Bitcoin solves this. Bitcoin 100,000. <laughs> speaking, speaking of David, speaking of guns, Steve Sluts, where are you at? Oh, wow. I thought you were going to go into our merch. No, I was going to say... Disclaimer. Check the disclaimer. But also speaking of guns. What about them? We have a special Black Friday deal for all of my freaking trillionaire mindset. Head. People. (laughs) People. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's right. We got this. Check this thing out. This is the overlay. The pink. It's a pink oversized shirt with handwritten notes. That is, when you buy the shirt, they're a limited run. You're gonna get a handwritten note from one of us, depending on who, on which one gets sorted into the thing. Do you think that some people will really hope that I send it, and some Absolutely. people really hope that you send it? I think everybody will hope that you sent it, and no, be I think... disappointed when they see me being like, hey, "I love you so much for th- thank you so much for the sh- no, uh, buying this." I think we have, I think there are Ben heads and Emil heads. 
I think there. I think each one has a smaller head for the other. So there are Emil heads, and they've got a smaller head that's Ben. Oh yeah, they like and us vice both. versa. Yeah, of course. But uh, I think people are going to be like, I'm going to buy that pink shirt, and if I if if Emil sends me a fucking note, I'm going to return it. I think the difference between you and I is that you get probably beautiful women sliding into your DMs asking you to fuck them or take them on dates or whatever, Whoa. something like that. And I get young men asking for credit card advice. I get young men, too, being mean to me. Uh, well, that's just as good as the... That's just as good. It it beats... Look, no matter what, I lose. The young men being like, hey, it's my first credit card. I'm 19. What do you think I should get? And I'm like, God damn it. And I respond. I'm like... Get a Discover card. It's probably the best one because they'll give anybody a credit card. <laughs> or it's like, yeah, it's, hey, I'm going to New York for my first time. What restaurant do you recommend? <laughs> I'm like, fuck. You know, try, <laughs> try try, this pizza place. Oh, man. Hey, what's the difference between mutual funds and hedge funds? Those I'm are like, nice. Fuck. Yeah, but if a young man message young man messages me, he's like, "Fuck you." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "You're not you're not so great." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have to go. Okay. Well, to all the Ben heads out there, we're building an army. All right, we're gonna build an army of incels. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. You're not all incels. And and neither am I. To all the Emil heads, keep it up. I'm not so great. I don't. You, yeah, I deserve it. Yeah, well... I get a lot of nice things, too. I do want to be clear. I complain a lot about the negativity online, but it's like 1%. 99% of you are the sweetest people in the world, and I do appreciate it. Anyway, all that's to say, the pink oversized shirt will come with a handwritten note. From one of us. From one of us. Roll the dice. And guess what? If that's not for you, if that's not your cup of tea, then we've also got these white shirts and gray sweatshirts. Available with the same design, the guns don't people, people, people. And uh, those won't come from a, those won't come with a note from either of us. No, those won't you come with a note. You might prefer that. Yeah. You don't know what kind of fucked up shit I'm going to write in that note. Yeah. Hey, you know what? In the spirit of Thanksgiving, I thought we could talk about what we're thankful for. But before I do that, before we do that, I just thought I would talk about what I'm not thankful for. And you know what I'm not thankful for? Uh, the people not getting us to 50,000 subscribers so that I can kiss my guy here. Because Oh, yeah, you got till December 31st. That is the deadline. I don't know man. what is going on. And if we don't hit that, then we're just going to have to ratchet it up and jerk each other off when we hit 50K the next time. Which will be well, arguably no, don't, cooler and sexier. Don't, don't so tell maybe that. don't tell anybody yeah. to sign up. We're not going to do that if we don't hit 50K. We will do it. Yeah, but it, we're not going to yeah. do it. So you got to get us to 50K. We're not going to create it. an account on one of the various porn websites. We're not going to do that. And we are not going to. But seriously, I've been like Tom Brady's son with the Carmex over here just waiting. So you got you to gotta get this thing going. You use Carmex? No, I use Burt's Bees. <sighs> Burt's Bees is ineffective. Yeah, I said it. Guess what? I'm a Blistex guy. I'm a Blistex bitch till I die. Everybody who's Whoa, a Blistex... that was kind of a cool rap. Everybody, I'm a Blistex I'm a Blistex, I'm a Blistex bitch, bitch till, till I, I die. die. My lips is addicted. Keep going. Yours are afflicted. Yes. You got Burt's Bees. Get down on your knees. Yeah! <laughs>
<laughs> oh man, chap lips. He's got more. Chap. <laughs> chap lips. Give got me, me tips. Doing backflip. No, chap lips. Fuck. Give me tips. Back. Chap lips give you tips? No, give me tips. Like I'm working in a restaurant. Okay. In your ass, I will hunt. <laughs> uh, are you good? are you done? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Let's text bitch till I die. Stick a fork in your <laughs> eye. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. All right, Never. so this is the mailbag episode. You didn't even say what you're thankful for. Oh, yeah, I'm thankful for, you know, having all my extremities, uh, full feeling in my body still. And Oh, God. Oh, yeah, I got to make it. You must be a hoot at Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> uh, I guess, uh... No, no, I, I'm, I'm uh, thankful for having this show and being able to do it and having, having my health because that's a big deal. That is I, a big deal. I, I know I know some people who have uh, health struggles, which reminds me, I need to. I just t- t- turned off my phone. I need to remind myself to go to a neurologist. I think well, there, you got like five reminders in this room. Yeah, can someone remind me to remind myself to see how the fuck am I going to do that? How am I going to see a neurologist with health insurance the way that it is? What do I do? We'll get you there. Oh, God, they just up my premiums per month. I'm not grateful for that. What are you thankful for, sweater boy? I'm thankful for the show. I'm thankful for my cozy sweaters. I'm thankful for the cool weather in L.A. right now. You know I love my cozy clothes. I'm thankful for Ben, my sweet host. I'm thankful for my whole family. I love them. My mother, my father, my brother. Um, I'm thankful for the whole goddamn state of New Jersey. Um, That's it. All right, so (laughs) good answer. Good answer, buddy. That's a good list. So... For those of you who are already going to be bitching in the comments, this wasn't a financial episode. Guess what? It's a holiday week, bitch. <laughs> There's hardly anything going on. It's Thanksgiving. Everybody's on vacation. The volume is low. There's hardly any trading going on. It's just oh, like a, you know there's going to be huge news, and we're going to look like jackasses. Do you guys, what do I care? What do I care what you guys are talking about? Giving these answering these questions no see this is the problem we focused on the negative there's everyone loved the last one there was like probably one guy who probably is in my dm saying mean things to me yeah who said who said oh i don't like it and then everyone else was like this was so lovely i know so that's what i was gonna get to all of the i'm just giving the heads up that that's what this episode is and we love to do it and suck my ass to the people who don't care actually don't suck my ass you know just to, if it's not for you that's fine you don't need to let us know because we know it's not so i guess we'll just kind of get right into i'll it. tell you what Spe- speaking of guys who are in my dms we they were showing us the the questions that people asked yeah remember there was a couple there was one where a guy was just like tell emil he sucks or whatever I was like okay telling you that he sucks no tell emil that, that he, he sucks he sucks oh okay and so, thank you, sir. Uh, message received. <laughs> Damn. I don't even think... Man, I, d- I probably didn't get one this time. That's cool. You didn't get a Ben Fuck sucks? yeah, that means that I don't suck. All right, so... <clears throat> question number one. Question number one. Comes from Will Dennis. He asks, favorite presidential death? Great question. Great question. I'll let you kick it off. You go. Do you have one? I wish that I had Googled this in advance to see if anybody died an embarrassing way by like shitting or you know dying publicly we know famously one or two that did that 
I don't want to say my favorite presidential death was this because it's not, but the, my favorite president dying slowly was George Bush Sr. Because <laughs> you know him in the, you, you you we've shared I've showed you the video mm-hmm. with him holding up the baseball yeah. at the baseball game with um the Smashing Pumpkins song, but yeah that that was a pretty funny that. That's my favorite. I'm not going to say why, even though I just kind of slipped it out. But that one's up there. And otherwise, favorite presidential death would have to be... Uh, uh, um, okay, your mind immediately goes to assassinations. It, it does go to assassinations. Because otherwise, I don't know how the fuck these people died. I feel like I have to, you know, by default, it's got to be like JFK because it's... It's famous. Well, And I like read about it so much. Mm consume so much of my mind but also you would have voted for him so you would have been i feel like one of those people crying. i feel like william mckinley is a good one it's like uh-huh. he got a you know william mckinley was assassinated by um an anarchist who lost his job in the economic downturn cool. and i'm like yo bring that back let's get like anarchists just marking presidents because they're yeah well we we just got this one pulled up uh Zachary Taylor in 1850, the famous fucking president that nobody, like, who knows about this guy? So <laughs> he attended the summertime event dressed in a black suit buttoned all the way up to the neck. And surprisingly, he got overheated and he tried to cool down by drinking a ton, a ton of, of ice, ice cold, cold milk, milk <laughs> and then a bunch of cherries. It's unclear exactly how milk and cherries killed Taylor. It was either the bacteria present in pre pasteurization era dairy products or. Gastroenteritis brought on by the acidic cherries. So I would like to change that my answer to Zachary Taylor, the president <clears throat> who was so hot he drank milk. There are actually <laughs> <and> died. <laughs> there, are, I think there are a ton of presidents who just like beefed it in weird ways because they like they're like I ate something that didn't agree with me. Yeah, that's man. I really like that. Uh, but well, I still think I prefer an anarchist sh- <laughs> shooting a president. Um, oh, Zach Piona asked. Oh, this one's from uh, TMG Studios. Uh, what do we call them? Sister podcast? Yeah, sister podcast. Sister podcast. Does Emil... Foul tip host, Zach Piona. Does Emil know he's attractive, or is he surprised by it? Also, if you don't know, he... I think every time we do an episode, he... <laughs> I think it's him and not Waleed. He screenshots a picture of me. And post it to their Twitter and just says, thinking about him. <laughs> well, do you want to answer the question, dude? Uh, does he know? You don't have to. I'll, I can answer it for you. Uh, what would you say? He knows. Uh, he knows. Uh, I think I'm surprised by the some of the comments and the DMs. There you go. I would say. There you go, Zach. There's your answer. I, don't, I, I never was like, oh, I'm a fucking... Ugg mug. Yeah. Well, that's good. But I also ugly ducklinged a little bit. Yeah? Yeah. I would disagree. I've seen pictures of you when you were younger. You look like a you look like Andy Samberg mixed his cum with Adam Sandler. No. Those yeah. are two not like super hot dudes, but Yeah, they they're good looking dudes. I mean. All right, sure. All right. Number three. Blake <clears throat> Michael Katz asks, What gets you motivated every day? I struggle to find motivation for anything. If I had to guess, this guy is like between the ages of 18 and 24. Because, buddy, I hear you. 
Emil, what gets you motivated every what day? What gets me motivated? Uh, the gym? Honestly, yeah. I <laughs> I mean, staying active helps me, you know, be motivated and everything. It helps to, like... Sure does. Not fucking... It helps the urge to not just, like, get on the couch. Everything sucks. Like, why would you want to get up and go do anything? Go outside. Nothing good's going to happen out there, but... That's not true. Things Nothing. do things. I know, but sometimes it feels that way. And you're yeah. like, I could just, I could just lay here and it's Depends safe where you here, live. and I don't want to be anywhere else. But yeah, I don't know. Having things you like and wanting to get better at things, yeah, and a thirst for knowledge, yeah. keeps me motivated. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> for me, hmm, what gets me motivated every day? I like to. I also like to go to the gym. It's a it's nice, especially climbing. You get that challenge and constantly breaking the ceiling. Uh, having hobbies is a good motivator. I need to rediscover some of my lost hobbies because uh, I feel like I am lacking in some motivation. Work <clears throat> for me is motivational. I do like to get up every day and do the trading, even if I've had a garbage day before which I have had plenty of, and I'll get to touch on that with later questions. But if you struggle to find motivation... I know, that's the thing. Anything, it's like, if you say going to the gym, it's like, but how do you find the motivation to do it? Right? I'm Yeah, I'm going to take a guess that you are probably like most of us on social media a lot, and with that comes the comparing and despairing, where it kills your motivation simply by seeing what other people do, and it feels impossible to even get started with anything because why bother? Because these people are already so far ahead of me, and they're already doing all blah, 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 blah. well. And it's you—you you can sit home and get cheap dopamine on social media That's and stuff, exactly or right. you could go get actual real rewards. It's up to us. You can go to the gym. You can go. You can pick up a new hobby. You can get That's better right. at things. You can better yourself. So you got to want to do it. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, when you're younger, it is kind of hard to get into that mindset. I think as I've gotten older, I really do want to i'm like every day i'm like you're wasting your time man i want to improve i want to get better at stuff it's the it's the kind of the opposite for me i when i was younger i found it easier to get motivated to do stuff partly because i think social media was less prevalent in my life and smartphones phones had not advanced in such a way that they're just always on and in your fucking pocket and easy to access so when i say it's up to us it is up to us to regulate ourselves and our addiction to these things because they bad. They do be bad. They do be bad. It do be that way. And the more that it do, the more that it be. These things are undeniably true. Couldn't have said it worse myself. So, Blake Michael Katz, you got to dig deep. Man, and take one little step at a time and find just poke and prod and I like to say that when you take care of your physical body, the mental part tends to follow. If you're taking good care of your physical body, you're getting well rested, uh, you're eating right. <clears throat> I will say, every time we do this, there are a lot of... Sad people? No. People say, can Emil drop his workout routine? Oh, yeah. Isn't that one we were going to get to? Oh, I don't know. But I'll just say, it's very simple. It's body dysmorphia. That's what keeps oh, me going man. every day. I was going to say, I, look, I can tell you what it is. It, I look in the mirror and I go, you are fucking disgusting. Jesus Christ. The man alternates between body weight exercises one week 
and then weight uh, like dumbbell exercises the following week. That's it. Pull-ups, push-ups, and then, you know. Pull-ups, push-ups, dips, leg, body weight exercises. And then if you're going to do stuff with weights, if you want to isolate the muscle, do do exercises. that Yeah, lock like, it in its room. Punish it. Isolate the muscle. Isolate the muscle. There's all the that's all, how you create incel muscles all the exercises they're out there you know you want to get bigger buys do all kinds of curls hammer kiss curls more, regular you get curls bigger buys, kiss more guys you want to do you want to get your tries up do the fucking dips do the fucking hammer backs whatever the fuck they're oh, called oh oh i'll give you the best the best oh, dude get on the fucking done? machine with the with the two strings Fucking tricep pull downs? Nah, man. It's all there. The best, as someone who just grew their triceps tremendously, the best tricep exercise is you get on that incline bench and you get a couple of weights and you drop them back as far as your arms will go and then you just pull them up like that. Oh, man, baby, that shit burns. Ben says that works. I don't do that, but that it's one works. working for him. That one works. You okay. want to fucking get your chest up? Fucking bench, dude. Yeah. Incline, decline, regular bench. Uh, next one, Dustin. Dust in your face. What were your dream jobs slash careers when you were younger? Well, Dustin, <laughs> when I was a kid, I used to put on cassette tapes of Elvis Presley and dance around and fucking sing into a tennis racket because I wanted to be a damn musician, rock star, just like Elvis. And then I would eventually pick up guitar and bass and drums and piano <clears throat> and, you know, record some music. And then I just kind of fell apart a little bit. But I wanted to do that. I wanted to make music. I also wanted to do something in comedy slash acting slash writing. But I felt too embarrassed and ashamed to admit that. So I never quite fully pursued it as heartily as I should have. There's your answer. Uh... Yeah, it's a dream. Like comedy was a big one for me. Also, as I got older, but was still a young man, and honestly, kind of still feel this way. I think the coolest job out there, a dream job, is music supervisor. Really? Mm-hmm. Damn. The guy who gets to you know put the movies, uh, put the music into the movies, and pick. I know several music supervisors. It's a funny job. Like I know a couple, and literally, you know, one of them I know who got started in it. Just their friend was a writer director and they were like can you just do the music on our movies you know y- you got all the good music and uh and then from there they got jobs and now they <clears throat> do it in so many th- things but you have to have you know it's so fun you got to really like got to listen to a lot of music yeah i mean think about all the times you watch a movie and you're like every time what is this fucking song it rocks these people know shit you don't even know man that's true the deepest of cuts Anywho, Chris Six asks, what is a good amount of money to start trading? That's a great question. I would say I mean, if you're if you want to trade as a as a to actually make serious money, you would need at least uh well, if you really want to be an active trader, you need at least 25 grand because of the pattern day trade rule, which dictates that you need at least $25,000 to be able to do as many trades as you like. If you have under $25,000, if you are below that threshold, you are limited to three round trip trades in a rolling five day period. 
if you're confused by that, just Google pattern day trade rule. But you can become a trader with significantly less. And the way you do that is to do what I do as a prop trader where you get licensed, which takes just a few months of study, and then you deposit whatever amount of money you've got with the prop firm, and then they leverage it for you. And you, so you can say you had $5,000, you could trade with, you know, 50,000 or 100,000. They would give you that buying power with that small amount of money. And the firm that I trade at is called T3. So if you're interested in uh, doing that, you can shoot me a DM and I will set something up, see what I can do. All right, that's that question. And the amount I would say is all of it. Risk it all, you pussy. Just do it, whatever you have. Yeah, put it all in. <laughs> put it all into my Venmo account. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how you trade. All right, we've got another one here from M McGovern. How to navigate life after college, not knowing what to do with your life. Love y'all both. That's not a question, M McGovern. So first, I would say, saying, how do I figure out what to do with my? How life? How do you know it's a woman? M McGovern gives you nothing. Just in my mind, that's a lady. All right. So how do you navigate life after college slash not knowing what to do with your life? Well, I would say travel a little bit. And you just uh, get off of your phone, get off social media because stop smoking weed. You don't know if this person smokes weed. I know. I'm just saying if you do, that's one way. That's one thing that'll keep you perennially I would say there's a lot, of, a lot of pressure, right? People graduate high school at 17 or 18 and we say... Okay, now you have to go to college and figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. Yes. Figure it out, 18-year-old you. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're saying after college. I mean, uh, like, I wish, something uh, something I wish I did was, you know, do like a gap year or something. I wish I knew what like I- Work w- at the gap? Yeah, do a year where I just work at the gap, fold clothes, yeah. uh, eat, at the, eat at the food court in the mall for yeah. like a year. Gap year. No, do a gap year and figure out more what I want out of life before just trying to figure it out. Yeah, get, uh, get a cool try to get a job. Yeah, I don't join the Peace Corps. Fucking travel uh, or something. I don't know about the Peace Corps. That's a pretty big that could oof, man, that's a big uh com, what's the word where commitment. What but it's probably like a year long commitment. I think know? so, yeah. And then, you never know where they're gonna put you. You might get put somewhere real humid. Even if it's horrible, mm-hmm. you'll probably learn a lot. Yeah, you probably build a lot of character. You know, I would like, say I know I don't want to fucking do that. Yeah, you know what? My actually, here's what I recommend. But I doubt it would be horrible. You'll probably meet other young people. You'll probably be in a sure. coolish spot. You'll get to work on something. But or just go somewhere where you can travel cheaply. You know what you should do after college? Move to New York City. That's it. It's a terrible idea. It's not a terrible idea. If you move to New York City, no get a, job, no, get a couple, no get, direction. Nah, you go there, you find a job, you work, you. you Bus tables, bar back, whatever the fuck you can get. And um, that's some good life experience, right? I would recommend everyone, every young person in their 20s should live in New York City yeah, at absolutely. some point. But I don't think you should just move to New York City with no idea what you're doing. You don't know it is the most expensive city in the country. That's why you get like 18 roommates. <laughs> no, don't fucking, you know, do it if you want. But if you can afford it, give it a shot. All right, Aniket Cabra asks, For Ben, as a day trader, what does your schedule look like? If on vacation, do you still work? Okay, let me tell you, uh, that what, what does my schedule look like? 
Uh, well, I wake up every day at 6 a.m. It should be 5 or 5.30, and I'm probably going to start doing that now that the Trader Treehouse is uh, soon to be up and running. Probably will be by the time this is airing. But it consists of just being online and watching my stocks and watching the ones that I frequently trade and checking the charts and uh, making trades based on what I'm seeing and cutting losses if I've got some. Just constantly, mon I've got all my positions on right there, and it shows all my profit and loss on those positions, and then my cumulative profit and loss right there in the corner, and I'm just kind of like, make the green go up all day. And, uh, you know, I'm reading the news in the morning. I get a few Daily Digest emails that I try to consume to get me up to speed on what's going on. That's pretty much it. And then the market closes at 1 p.m. Pacific. I'll either take a nap or I'll go to the gym. And then I come home and all the while I'm still keeping up to uh, up to speed with what's going on via Twitter. And uh, the same thing at night. I'm checking. I'm just checking. Just constantly got my finger on the damn pulse. And on vacation, I still I still do it because I like it. I bring my laptop along and if if uh, if I have time, I'll log on and monitor my shit. So that's that. Next question is kind of related to that from L. Reestop. I'm not even going to try. Where's the line between investing and gambling? Well, investing is when you do it longer term. You put money away and you don't really touch it. You don't look you at it. You mean trading. Yeah. And yeah. trading slash gambling. Uh, well, because some people trade and some people straight up gamble. The difference being, I would say, the frequency with which you're doing it, entering and exiting trades, and the discipline that you've got doing it, and your knowledge in doing it. If you're dumping, if you're yoloing into zero, like there's a fair amount of overlap between what trading and gambling. No, uh, gambling would be like, oh, I'm gonna yolo into these zero day till expiration spy calls that are five dollars out of the money no i think he means oh well i don't know what he means but i thought he meant like traditional gambling like someone who goes to the casino and a, and a trader oh what's the difference between those two people oh. oh but maybe i'm misreading the question no that's a good interpretation too and i mean that's just like rolling the dice hoping that shit works out not necessarily i would say blackjack players oh sure yeah poker, poker. players especially yeah. really think they would be just like you well the i They're would equipped say with all the knowledge they know what to do yeah so i guess the line is Calculated risk versus calculated risk. Rolling the dice, playing craps versus playing poker, hmm. or a slot machine versus fucking poker or something. Anyway, Elsie Gathy, Elise Gathy, do you think Americans are as free as we think we are? Uh, I would say no, we don't, I don't think we are. I, we've talked about this on a podcast. Uh, there's like a, I forget, there's a book called The Nordic Theory of Everything where she makes a great point about, uh, it's a, I, a, I believe a person from Finland who moves to America and, and talks about her experience and she, she talks about how Americans like to think they're so free, you know, we can do whatever we want. We don't have this like uh, government nanny doing things for us, but she, you know, really breaks down the real freedom comes from when you are... <laughs> you know, comes from not being living in fear of going bankrupt if you get sick, not uh, staying in a shitty relationship because you're afraid if you leave, you and your kids will no longer have health care. Um, you know, 
having certain worker protection protection so you don't get treated like shit at work vacation um, time <laughs> vacation time the you know federally protected time off so you can go see your family you can go take a break social safety um, nets yeah all those things good public infrastructure you know there's also uh, y- y- yeah freedom in knowing that you won't uh, you'll be taken care of if you take a risk um i think all those things that uh, when people talk about American freedom uh, aren't promoted by our current system, right? We talk about wanting, we want people to take a risk, start a business, blah, blah, blah. But that can, that can really be a dangerous gamble in America. What he said. All but that again, sh- we, we shit on America a lot. But, you know, the, the more you go, you know, everywhere's got their problems. But There's a lot of problems in this country. M. Kawaj says be honest how <laughs> fucked is gen z because planning for my future seems unnecessary well look at it this way it's either it's either all going to burn or it's not so which would you rather plan for you can't plan for it all burning so you might as well take the optimist side and be cautious but also assume that you're going to have a future right like cuz the the alternative is what the alternative is if you plan Dying? for your, if you no no if you plan for your future, you're like squirreling away all your money for a nice retirement, and then the fucking planet's on fire, and you're like, this sucks. I never went to Madrid, and you know, so if you're like working your ass off, you're in your thirties, and you're like, I should just went to fucking Madrid. But that doesn't. Well, then the alternative. Is, I love tapas. Yeah, sure, I get it. I think you can have the best. I think you can have both. It's not like you can't plan for the future, and also they're not mutually exclusive. A lot you of times can, they are, depending on your salary. Okay, well, so... But also... I'm assuming that this person has the capability of both saving... Because planning can mean a lot of things. Planning a, out your career and, you know, having children, buying a home, whatever it is you're preparing for, where you're going to live, versus just being a, a doomer about it and thinking, well, what's the point? I'm not going to get a job. I'm not going to progress in my career i'm not gonna have any of these things because i'm fucked anyway i would do my best and i try this is me also i'm trying my best to avoid that line of thinking because i'm fu- it's not just gen right, z we're, we're all thinking that we're shit just, uh, the funnier thing though is it seems like gen z a lot of them have accepted it and we're kind of like i feel like half of my friends are a bit doomer about it and then the other half are very much you know, as they're having kids, so they're pretending that it's not fine. And I feel like I have to bite my tongue around them and, you know, and I can't be like, damn, dude, your kids, Tyler and Olivia, are for sure going to eat people at some point. <laughs> they're just going to have to. <laughs> I know you don't want to think about that, but they're going to fucking eat people. And I agree. W- I I think the same thing sometimes, but at the same time, I believe if you look back at all the things humanity has gone through, I mean, we are resilient. We the Black Plague comes to mind. The fucking depression, World War Two, World War One. These are a lot of things that aren't. They're just images and text in in just chapters in history. Books but important for us. to remember, millions of people did die during. Oh, those things. millions! And it could be you, M. Kawaj. And it felt, it felt like the world was ending multiple times to multiple generations. And it did for a lot of people. And it did for a lot but, of people. But, but, <laughs> but not some. But it could be you. Yeah, it could be you. So I leave that decision to you. You wanna, you wanna live, uh, 
fly by the seat of your pants and not plan for the future, you know, I, I just, I think that it's a coin toss, basically. It could be, who knows, you know, you could wake up dead tomorrow. You could, there could be a gamma ray burst that destroys the planet Earth or not. Next question, there is no person who attributed to this one, but psychologically, do you think the energy put into trading isn't equivalent to money output? That is a fantastic question, and one I am looking forward to answer right now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a little tired. Also, you got to remember, Ben is Ben's biggest fan. What? Give me a break. No, you just laughed really hard at your joke. I, it wasn't a joke. I just was laughing at how oh. dumb I am. Okay. See, people, I think you, 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 you confuse that for the other thing, which is just, man, I'm a, it, most often if I'm laughing at myself, unless there was a deliberate joke, which most... Never mind. Answer the question, <laughs> what the hell is going on? <laughs> okay. Um, it depends. It depends on how you how disciplined you are and how you regulate your emotions because it can be very stressful and it takes time to learn to not be defeated and um what's the word um where you're catastrophizing so it took me a long long time and honestly the big the big difference for me was switching from trading my own account to joining a prop firm because in your own account, whatever money you lose that day, it's gone the next day. Your buying power has reduced by just that much. That can be psychologically damaging in many ways. Chief among them is, damn, I lost that $5,000 or $10,000. Now I've got to be even more careful today because I have that much less to work with today. And there you go. Versus with a prop firm, you lose $5,000 or $10,000 doesn't matter. Tomorrow, you still have the same amount of buying power until you, God forbid, lose uh, whatever amount you initially put in. So if it's $5,000, you lose five grand. Sorry, too bad, so sad. Please insert more money. But so psychologically, that really helped me to just kind of like separate myself from losses because it, it just takes time. It takes time to separate yourself from the losses as being actual real money getting taken out of your bank account and instead thinking of it as numbers on a screen, which is fucked up too. But another big part of it is paying yourself. That's something I didn't do before I joined the prop firm. And now every month I tell them, okay, I want to take out this much because if I made 20K in profits, all right, I want to take out 10. And that feels really good. And it's like, all right, I'm ringing the register. Actually, I'm actually seeing profit and when I've taken out, let's say I've got six months of profit behind me and I have one bad month, it's a lot more easy to tolerate and just makes the whole thing easier. So to answer your question, yes, I think the energy put into trading is worth the money output. At least for me, it far exceeds the jobs that I've had before that I wasn't happy in and had me working 60 hours a week and just feeling like shit over. It's a great answer. Is it? Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Seeking. Are you guys Also, you kind of look like a 
bully in a movie, I just realized. Shut up, bitch. Like with the com- Shut up, bitch. <laughs> yeah, with the combo. <laughs> with the combo. Like black jeans, black kind of denim yeah. jacket. You know who wears this exact jacket? I realized one of the cronies, one of um I forgot the bad guy. One of Gus Fring's cronies in Breaking Bad. Interesting. He wears this exact jacket. Easter egg. Are you guys actually friends? Please say yes. No, we are not. Yeah, um, no. We, this is a strictly professional relationship. I don't know Ben all that well. I don't know his last name. I refuse to get to know him. Um, it seems to be a pretty good working relationship. He's asked me for drinks a couple times after shooting. I've he said says no. no. Yeah. Because um, he wants to keep it professional. Yeah. I've seen him at some company parties and stuff. Yeah. I've seen him naked a few times, but that was also yeah. professional. We did travel to Japan together for two weeks, but also strictly professional, strictly professional. there. And yeah, so no, not friends. Do I have every line and crack of his body memorized? Of course. Yes, but, but that that's, is what coworkers that's do. That's work. That's a good coworker relationship. Co-captain relationship. That should answer it. Next question. Do you guys ever feel like you're running low on content or get bored of filming? Uh that's from Specs the Specs the Crusader. Hmm. Uh not I mean luckily we picked a a topic that kind of uh, just keeps there's always new stuff happening. Yeah. Which is fun and it it's is. Something we both enjoy diving into. I would say one downside to that is sometimes the news doesn't change all that much. So you find yourself, we find ourselves having to touch on topics, whether it be Elon Musk is always in the news or the Fed or inflation recently. These are big stories that are always there. And it can get a little exhausting trying to both stay topical but also feel fresh and not repetitive. I would say, you have anything? Well, usually when you, <laughs> I would say, would you well, like to Well, because I now? was like, I don't want to keep talking. I'm saying too much. Uh, well, what were you going to say? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, so me? Okay. <laughs> I mean, what? I, I would know. say, I'm going to let my friend here speak. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, uh, I, I, We'll probably never get tired of making fun of elites, politicians, billionaires. Unless we become them. In which case, please be nice. No, then I'll do it to their face. I'll mm. say, you guys want to come over? I'd do one of these to Jeff Bezos. I think they would probably stop hanging out with us very quickly. Oh, yeah. They'd go, they're just kind of mean to us. I would I'd pee. Go, yeah, because you guys suck. Yeah, I would disrespect whatever bathroom I used. Which is fucked up because they would never know and the cleaner, the house cleaner would have to deal with it. So I'd take that back. I'd find a bedroom and do stuff to the pillow that they would never know about, like wipe my butt cheeks on it. That's nice. All right. Wait, 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 wait. But I do want to answer. There's one part that I do want to answer to that, which is I do sometimes feel upset that the avenue that we've taken being a finance slash comedy show while good and satisfies a certain need out there, it also pigeonholes us in such a way that I get scared that our potential audience isn't as big as I would like. And it's like, how do we get, how do we tap into a bigger, we gotta, I I, I want to continue to grow it. We want to continue to, all of us want to continue to grow it. And that can sometimes 
uh I definitely feel that heavy. like it's yeah. a very specific thing. Yeah. Um and I know that there's a lot of people out there who can cuz there's other finance shows that are you know not as fucking edgy as us. And they they got audiences. How do we get in there, man? We do have an audience. Yeah, we do. Uh, we love them. Every single one. We do one. love them. Yeah, it does. Sometimes I'm like you know, cuz some people say they just watch after hours, which is our more Yeah. Which uh, is cool too. Yeah, but I'm like, do they just want us to stop doing the finance stuff? Tell and funny just, stories. Yeah, <laughs> make our jokes and do it because it's like I'll be an internet dad. Yeah, but I would have to find some outlet of. Uh, it started it. because we wouldn't shut up about this stuff to yeah. each other. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll find it. We'll find it. Daniela Vino. How asks, did you guys meet? I don't know if I missed this, but I don't remember ever hearing. We actually only know each other from this show we met the first day of the show yeah we both arrived in the park and at the same time. um cody and noel said ben meet emil emil meet ben Th- that's your co-host all right and that we should tell the truth that's not we've true. told the truth so many times on so many episodes but they she might have only my best tr- danielle here's what i'll say go back watch every episode <laughs> no i won't say that <clears throat> my best friend phil my husband, Phil, met Ben on the internet. Mm-hmm. Ben was moving back to L.A. Mm-hmm. Ben asked him to get lunch because he wanted to meet people. Phil said, I feel like my best friend and husband would like this guy, Ben. We started hanging out. We became fast friends. We loved each other. And went to, uh, uh, we went to the beach a bunch, a big group of us, and then... Um, went to the climbing same climbing gym, as it turns out, and that's pretty much it. Okay, if yeah, you, we have an oh sorry no go ahead. Uh, if, if we have an uncredited one. If you didn't have your current careers, what careers would you want slash see yourself doing? Good question. I want to be a music supervisor. If you're making a movie, <laughs> someone's got to pick the music. Let me fucking do it. Yeah, it'll be so sick. And you know what? If you're like younger than fucking twenty five. All your friends only listen to music on TikTok. They don't know fucking shit. Yeah, that's true. They know 30 seconds of songs. Yeah. And if I didn't have my current career and taking away the dream career that I had that I still kind of have flopping around in there, uh, I would probably, like, if I could go back to college, let's say, and choose something other than philosophy, I would probably choose computer science or dork holy shit dude shut up shut up dude shut up because i was really good at symbolic logic i was the top of my class and i loved it so much that i was doing homework and studying on friday nights okay wait i changed my answer uh my i would change my dream career to giving ben fucking swirly oh man i was gonna say what are you gonna be my my personal bully (laughs) uh so it would be that or i would probably Hope that I I like to think that I would have studied like biology or some shit and be curing um all kinds of penal diseases, penile diseases. Kendall Gale asks Ben, how did you learn about slash decide to be an au pair? I'll give you this one quick. I did study abroad through Long Beach City College when I was like seventeen. I did a month in Spain. I lived with a little old lady named Manuela who didn't speak any English. And then two years later, when I was 19, I wanted to go back and visit Spain for a 10-day trip. Made contact with Manuela. Ended up staying with her again. 
And while I was there on that 10-day trip, I happened to bump into a friend of mine from, from Long Beach. And I said, well, Laura, what are you doing here? She said, I'm living here all summer. I'm an au pair for a family. And I said, what the fuck is that? What does that mean? And we smoked weed out of an apple together, and she, she explained it to me. <laughs> Sorry, it was hash, because that's all you could get in Spain. Um, she said, uh, I, I don't remember how she connected with this family, but she said, you should do this. What's your like life plan right now? And I said, well, I'm just going to go back to working at the crab pot when I go back home. And she said, don't do that. Uh, I can have the mom from my family introduce you to a couple of other families that would want an English-speaking au pair too. And I said, all right, cool, set it up. So I had lunch with these two lovely ladies, one of whom I ended up uh, working for. I flew back home, found out that my dog Pete had died while I was away, which sucked, and then (laughs) I just turned right back around, got on an airplane, and stayed with uh, Almudena and Diego's family for five weeks. Maybe we should tell that girl who doesn't know what to do yet, who just graduated college. Go be an au pair. See if you can get an au pair job. Yeah, I'm Go sure live that there somewhere, are websites. See some fucking stuff. Take a European lover. The best lovers. Just take one. Take one. Take one. Learn the European way of lovemaking. Which, yeah, yeah. It's way different. Oh, yeah. It's fucking way different. Um, different. Nat Dog. With all the substantial guests y'all have had on, who is the dream guest? You guys know the answer. Who? We want Elon Musk to come on. Oh, yeah. We would. We actually really would. Uh, it that would be, be really cool. It would be very cool. It would be very funny. We'd be it, very respect. I would be respectful. Even I though would I, not. I, well, no, I'd be respectful, but we would roast him for yeah. sure. That's the whole point of the show. We should. I want to ask people questions who refuse to, like, I would love to have Barack Obama on. Ooh, yeah. That guy just fucking. Nancy Pelosi? Nah, she's too old. It would be Hillary Clinton. Hillary, Hillary Clinton. Clinton Hillary, Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton. We would love to, to have on the show. Thank you for coming on, but you are still a bitch. You are a bitch. <laughs> but. Uh, yeah, she's a bitch. <laughs> no, anyone like that would be insane. Yeah, uh, Jeffy kisses. That would be oh, Jeff Bezos, Bill on. Gates. You, you know the know. big, you the heavy know. hitters. Zuckerberg, Zuck- Mark Zuckerkorn. Anyone who is truly a walking lizard with a human suit on. That's exactly we want right. to come on. We, we want, want to talk to him about Splash what they're eating. Are they eating little crickets and stuff? Or <laughs> what's the deal? Do they have like a little heat lamp at home? Mary LSL, looking back to a year ago, what about the pod are you guys most proud and least proud of? Most and least proud of. Gosh, that is a tough one. Mary LSL laying it on thick for the boys. Most proud of, uh, I don't know. It's not, I would say people like friends and, and people have said very nice things about us that, uh, you know, like I remember people have asked me like, did you get, have you guys done something like this before? And I said, no. And they said, you guys are very natural, which is nice. Mm. Um, you know, it's nice we've put together a cohesive thing. It's a real thing. Yeah, I think proud least of proud of is hard to pinpoint. I think I'm just always like, I mean, I'm like that with everything. I'm always just like, I, I wish I was better. I can see like flaws and, you know. I what think, do you think your flaws are? Like personally? Or, or like related, related to the show? Related to the show. Or like with with my personal relationships and stuff? <laughs> I know that one. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, so it's a, it's a really tough format because we do the two shows once a week, right? And it's it's we have a loose outline, but it's unscripted. And you're hoping that like, you know, 
you just have it that day. It's interesting and it's funny and, you know, Meow. sometimes you feel it. You're like in the groove and then sometimes you're like, ah, I feel like we were a little fucking. And there are times where like the we shut the cameras and I'm like, fuck, let us do it again. I feel like it wasn't. But we're always like that. When we filmed the pilot, I think they said to like relieve pressure, they said like, don't worry. Like if it doesn't, mm-hmm. if you don't you feel good about again. it, you can shoot again. Yeah. And I'm always like that. It, you know, we turned it off and I was like, whew, we fucked that. And then like Cody and Noel, <laughs> Cody and Noel were like, well, we'll watch it back. We'll see what it's like. And then they were like, I, I don't know what you guys would change. It was great. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I tend to, I tend to always be like, I'm just like, I wish we were better. I wish we were always fucking doing better, but whatever. We'll get better. I would say that I am most proud of together our um hmm. together I would say I'm most proud of the just getting more comfortable and finding our groove. Anywho. What's your favorite country to visit slash uh, a culture slash meeting new people? Wow. Well From I mean West Cal. You've been, I've been to Spain a fucking hundred times, so that's probably my favorite. I, they put culture too, which, so, like, I really like, and we just got back from Tokyo. Tokyo was great, but I will say, and, like, I realized I love fucking. You love fucking? I do. I love fucking. No, but I like, I like cafe culture a lot. So, anytime I'm in Europe, you know I want to fucking hang out. I don't even drink coffee, but you know I love a flaky little treat. I'm mm-hmm. fucking obsessed with flaky little treats. So just hanging out. I learned that about you on this trip. My boys are drinking coffee. I'm get I got flakes all over my shirt. Yeah. And I'm going up to get another one. Yeah. That's I just I love, you know, chopping it up. You love a boulangerie. Every time I'm in Greece, you just Oh, oh, a boulangerie, come on. I'm dying. Even, you know, so Europe but Mexico City too is one of my favorite places to go, you know, insane cafe culture. One of the best bakeries in in the world I've ever been to. Really good stuff. My favorite country, actually, that I've been to now, Australia. I love you guys so much down there. It's, I just, I I, I must have been Australian in a previous life or something. I just, I, I eat up every single aspect of it. Everything. The food, the people, the sense of humor is a big one. Because it's very self-deprecating. They don't take themselves too seriously at all. They're all funny. They're all warm. They're all nice. They're all down to earth. Just give me that shit. Give him that shit, baby. Anywho, McFather Mason. (laughs) Is it possible to be in touch with current events slash political news and be happy? No. (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean it is. Uh, it's hard to stay informed and also not feel some despair about the world. Mm-hmm. But also, do you really want to be like a uninformed, moving blob. through the world like an idiot, being like, "Oh, that's what's going on." That's tough though, because I feel like. But also, whatever you got to do to be happy. Yeah, if it if it involves not paying attention to that shit, then don't pay attention. Yeah, don't. I don't blame you. Uh, update yourself once a month, or just hear it by word of mouth, like it used to be. I read the newspaper. I don't stay away. I am. Yeah. I enjoy it. I but it does mess with me. I've Mm. you know, family and friends are like, please stop reading so many CIA books. I think it's you don't leave the house. You're just telling me about fucking you know MK Ultra. (laughs) 
Which is a great movie. I really like that movie with Jesse Eisenberg. Is that his name? Yeah. It's fun. I just think people would like it if I'd stop talking about the Dulles Brothers. Mm. Jacob asks, will you ever go on tour? Absolutely. Yes, we really hope to. We really I, want to. ASAP. I am trying to figure out how we can do some smaller shows to kind of figure out what the live trillionaire mindset would be. And uh, yeah, we're looking at venues and stuff. I really like this next question, but I kind of want to save it for... Okay, so by the way, I, I think the, the bonus episode today, which if you want, if you want to support the show, oh, so or if you want bonus episode, or or if you want bonus content, please sign up at. You can sign up for for us on TMGStudios.tv. But anyway, are we going to continue this in the after hours? Right? Well, let's answer that one in the after hours because all right. The question is, what is your greatest hot take? Yeah, we're going to save that. Is that in got... after hours? You think I'm going to give you my the the fucking hottest take? Yeah. Okay. So, um, oh, this person asks what your best content Emil, what was the best? To? Well, you can't get mad at that when you've said on this podcast, I just don't like going to concerts. I've been to like I don't 200. Want to go to any, Emil, what is the best concert you've ever been to, excluding Bruce Springsteen? That is making it difficult for me. But I will say, so Bruce Springsteen is on one end of the spring, uh, one, one, one end of the, the spectrum. Spring-stum? Because it's a huge arena. You're not going to see him in a small, unless you get very lucky. He does sometimes play the, you know small clubs but i also do there's nothing i love more than an absolute tiny dingy rock club i mean uh so oh you know who my i love ty siegel and i love kind of every iteration he's done you know he's got ty siegel band fuzz he was in gogs all so but i remember it must have been like 2012 reading an article before he formed fuzz they were doing a profile of him for his newest record and him and Charlie Muthart, they're describing how they're talking about how they're working on a proto metal album and they played it for the journalist. And they said the journalist, uh, they said Ty Siegel and Charlie Muthart just started like jamming out to this proto metal they made. And I was like, holy fuck, I need to hear that album. And they put out Fuzz One, which is just psycho. It's just them playing fucking Sabbath and it's so sick. And then they played Death by Audio, which doesn't exist anymore. Tiny fucking room. And they jammed us in there. I'd never been, the whole room was just fucking vibrating and crowd surfing. So fucking fun. They burned the goddamn house down. That sounds cool. Yeah. Can I answer mine? I want to share mine. It did say a meal. It says a meal. What was the best man you've been to? I was uh, Springsteen. Do you think they want to know mine? I bet they Give do. Give it to them. I bet they do. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age at the then brand new Nokia Theater in downtown Los Angeles. It was the third show at that venue, and I was on an eighth of mushrooms, and that was really, really, really fun. And then, actually, it feels embarrassing to say now, but Muse, when their album (coughs) Absolution came out in like 2009 or 2008, whenever it was, before they turned into what they are now, which is less good, but they played at the Wiltern. Because they this is before they were doing arenas in the United States, and I was front dead center with my good friend Shane, and it was the best show. It was so impressive. They, oh man, they just fucking the light show that they had. The guy had uh uh his piano had all this light rigging set up on the back that like corresponded to the keys he was playing, 
And whenever he would get up and play guitar, he would like really embellish it and get on his knees in front of the people right in the front. It was fucking cool. It was so good. You know what was also really good? Okay, so he's doing three. Gorillas. When we saw Gorillas at the that YouTube was... theater. That was really fucking good. I just thought of one more actually. Very this one... uh, I don't think we have time. Ah, shit. Wait, which one? Uh <clears throat> this one in hindsight is not as cool, but at the time it felt very cool. Hmm. So we were huge LCD sound system fans. Um, I had already seen them a couple times, and then they announced that they were retiring after their last album, This Is Happening. And we were shocked. I mean, they were they were still very young, and and they then they announced that they would be playing Madison Square Garden, and mm. uh, we got tickets. It was the last show ever. They said to dress like it was a funeral. It was fucking cool. Everyone like you, you would see Aziz Ansari walking around the stadium. Uh, Donald, oh my God. Donald Glover. There's all kinds of celebs there, and it felt like you were part of this thing. And then uh, five years later, they were like, "We're fucking headlining Coachella, or whatever." <laughs> fucking, I've seen him like three more times since. But that was that felt very cool. I got one more really good one that I just remembered. Okay. 2004, CKY. Nice. House of Blues, Anaheim. I think it was a Christmas show or Halloween. How it might have been Halloween, and. You want to talk about not a cell phone in sight, just vibes. That's it right there. It was, I they were my all-time favorite band. I'd seen them, I don't know how many times, but. Uh, okay, I got so one good. more. Okay. All right, so I was obsessed with Surfer Blood's debut album, mm. Astro Coast. It yeah. kicks so much ass it from top to bottom. It's like, oh. It was like being in your 20s, early 20s, encapsulated, just fucking felt so good. And then I saw them so many times, but the first time I saw them was at Johnny Brenda's in Philadelphia. They just fucking, it was great. Also, the Pixies. Nothing like small. All right, we got Pixies at the Palladium. Okay. (laughs) It was really good. Front dead center also. And this guy made a great joke. Frank Black is playing an acoustic guitar, and he's, you know, he's a bit portly. He's playing an acoustic guitar. He's got a big hole in it other than the main hole and some dork behind me goes to his buddy man you see that big hole in his guitar what's the deal with that and his buddy responds yeah it's where he keeps his snacks (laughs) pretty good pretty (laughs) good funny i also got a set list the pixies this is why it was one of my favorite shows my sister the pixies were her all-time favorite band and throughout high school she was born in the 70s so throughout high school, the 90s, all that shit, she had never seen them live somehow. And I took her to that show. It was her first time seeing the Pixies. And after the show, the roadies are like, you know, tossing out drumsticks and stuff. And their guy is reaching. He's about to hand out the set list. He's got the set list that he just tore off from uh, Frank Black's like mic stand. And I, being lanky and, and had being tall... I just reached over the barrier and put my hand out further than everyone else. He handed it to me. I gave it to my sister. Good memory. Very good. Anyway. Oh, you know what? Can I give you one really great live experience? Yeah, it's not a... Uh, well, there was music involved. Dan Auerbach actually played. But uh, I was a huge Conan O'Brien fan, and I was so upset when he announced that he wasn't going to be on Late Night anymore. He was going to be on Tonight Show. And I always wanted to go see him live. I never went to go to one of the tapings. And then uh, I got to go. I would think I was at like the fourth to last one. They were literally like taking pieces off the set and giving it to people and stuff. Excellent. 
Very cool. Um, Young Goulash, what are y'all's favorite friendship memory? Mine would have to be the beach a couple years ago. I think one or both of us was on a little bit of acid, and I had you stand on or get on my shoulders. Oh yeah, that was fun. And and we just could not stop laughing. And I I walked us all the way down to the water until I could not walk anymore. That was a really good, That's one. A good one. We're gonna have to dig up those pictures. Uh, I would. Say, it's probably not like a specific memory because we've talked about so many memorable ones, but there was a very nice period like before the pandemic, like 2019. Me and Ben. We would just kind of hang at the gym a lot. There was like a co-working space. We would yeah. work out. We would climb. We would be there for so long. We would chill. We would chill, tell stories. Do like sometimes I would be up on the top doing work and I could see him. We would and I have videos of him like dancing. It was just a very fun time. We would hang yeah. out a lot and uh, getting jacked with your bud. Getting jacked with there's nothing like jacking your bud. I mean, getting <laughs> jacked with your bud. Uh Koa Williams. Favorite restaurants ranging from cheap to mid to expensive anywhere or pick a city? Hmm. Well, I'm going to have to lead off with Long Beach, California, where you've got Holy Moly, which is a taco place, Taqueria on 4th and Redondo, and then my favorite restaurant, it's a bar, uh, Joe Jost's on Anaheim and Temple. Oh, he's a freak for Joe Jost. Pickled eggs, a Joe special, and a schooner of bush. You've talked about it before. Someone, someone, um, didn't they run into you there? Because they were like, I'm here because you yes. said it. That's so funny. And then I also love here in Los Angeles, Musso and Frank, which is a, the oldest bar in Hollywood. It's on Hollywood Boulevard. And I love going there for a dirty martini and a little, uh, I don't know, fucking steak or some shit. I'm trying to think. I don't. I wouldn't call this like my favorite restaurant, but it is a very memorable dining experience because uh, it was a place I always wanted to go in New York. I would literally always talk about it. It's one of the best restaurants in New York. It's called Lartuzzi. It's this Italian restaurant. It's very fancy, and I would always say how I wanted to go. And then when I was moving from moving to LA, my girlfriend at the time said, um, "Hey, just meet me in." Because we lived in Brooklyn, she was like, "Meet me in the West Village." at whatever time. And I was like, why? What are we doing? She wouldn't tell me. And then... Oh, yeah. Take a sip of water. As we were getting closer, I started to realize, because there's nothing else over there in the West Village, and I was like, holy shit, we're going to Lartuzzi. But I was not fucking dressed for Lartuzzi, but it was fine. We looked uh, so out of place. Everyone was in, like, suits. Everyone was fucking, like, just looked very rich. And we were so jacked to be there. They could tell. And they probably get so many jaded rich people in the fanciest restaurant in New York. And um, they were like bringing us out free stuff. But we were seated next to truly the worst couple in the world. They And I get very distracted and I couldn't oh, stop too. listening. Mm. And literally at one point, I only said something because he was saying like kind of like racist and anti-Semitic shit. And I was like, this is fucking crazy. Like I'm only going to be here probably once in my life. I just don't want to hear this shit. So I leaned over. And I said, look, I don't want to like be annoying. Just at least cut it out with the fucking like racist shit and the anti-Semitic shit. And the girl goes, what are we in church? And I was like, okay. Bitch. <laughs> and then I remember at one point she, Please. Goes, she goes to the bathroom. Guy gets, it must've been a first date, which that's how you know this guy. Like he brings first dates to this place. He gets on the phone and he's talking to his friend about her. He's like, and I've never heard someone describe a woman like this in my life. He's gone, dude, she's a badger. She's a badger. And we're Is that good? I have no idea. We're dying. We're like, what does that fucking mean? 
And she's a badger, dude. She's a badger, dude. She comes back from the bathroom. He puts his phone away real quick, and he's like, work. They never stop. Oh, my Yeah, truly bad God. guy in a movie. Like, if, you, if I saw it in a movie, I'd be like, Jesus, this is so overwritten. And then the guy, our waiter comes up to us, and, and he was like, hey, it's a little noisy down here, and our private space upstairs just opened up. Do you guys want to go up there? And we were like, sure, I guess. And uh, and then when he got us up there, he was like, so sorry about those people, and they were just like hooking us up. That's Fucking awesome. desserts. It, it rocked. It was the greatest. I have three quick other New York ones. Um, Commodore in Brooklyn, chicken sandwich, cheap bar, Miller High Life, and a chicken sandwich. Perfect. Uh, Ukrainian restaurant on like 2nd Ave and 9th or something like that in the city. It's literally called Ukrainian Restaurant. If you search for it on Google Maps, it's right next to this other one called like, what's it called? That every Vasilka? Mm-hmm. Not that one. It's next to it. Amazing. And then one more, It's uh, it went out of business, but it was called Pearl's. And it was... Oh, Pearl's in Williamsburg. Yeah, and it was the, Caribbean, uh, Caribbean food. Place, yeah. And it was so... I dream about that good. white spicy sauce. I dream about the white spicy sauce. I dream about the soft shell back crab or whatever the fuck. It was so good. Anyway, we're going to wrap it up wait, here. Wait, wait. Can you scroll down and see what some of the other ones were in case there's uh, some really... Can we get a weed episode because Brooke and Connor already did one? Yes, we are going to do a I'm going to get high or something in an after hours. Uh, Emil is not because he's too scared. Because he's I a big baby. I he's scared. No, you did. You said, I believe what you said was, I'm scared because I don't know how to handle myself. I did not say that. See, That's, look, how would you handle this if you were high? I would say, I would probably giggle. Yeah. I would probably say, quit fucking hassling me, man. Yeah. Um. All right, we'll answer some of these questions in after hours. Also, if Tempered you want to hear our hottest take. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be scorching. I think I have one. I have one. I, we have a similar one. Okay, well, go to tipgstudios.tv if you want to subscribe. Otherwise, uh, hope your Thanksgiving was good. Oh, hope yeah. Hope your Christmas is going to be good, even though we're going to be here. We'll between see you before now and Christmas. Then. Yeah, we'll see you before then. And Hanukkah and all that shit. Happy New Year. <laughs>